0: This is Tyler Wood, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. This is episode four, so thank you for joining us on this Monday morning. Uh, got a lot of stuff we want to recap. Um, there's a lot that's been going on over this weekend. If you caught my last two podcasts, the one on Friday and then our college football preview episode, there's just been a lot going on in terms of both sports and politics. So got a little bit of both for you today. i um, going to really st- want to start out with the NFL and what's happened with that. We just finished week one of the NFL, uh, had some interesting games had some ones that have some implications of how teams are going to look later on this year. So it was real fun to see some of these games and how they turned out. But what I want to talk about is this Arizona and Tennessee game. Looking at this, they had uh, Kyler Murray. He went off for almost 300 yards passing, ended up throwing four touchdowns, looked real good in this game. Uh, just Arizona, the Cardinals as a whole, they did a real good job in this game. The defense played lights out, uh, and the offense did what they were supposed to do and took care of the ball. and end up walking out of there with a 38 to 13 win. And I think this is big for their season cuz their season because I know a lot of people were looking to see how Kyler Kyler Murray was going to do and just his progression this is his third year in the you know in the in the NFL so people are looking to see that if he's going to take that next step and if this is any indication of how it's going to be for the year he's definitely going to do that i think the big storyline though for them is going to be their defense especially against this titans offense that a lot of people thought was going to be the real deal just like they were last year they they really struggled and i think a lot of that's in part to uh Chandler Jones having five sacks which is uh definitely going to be one of the NFL's high for a game this year. So that was real good to see for, if you're an Arizona fan that being able to shut down that type of rushing attack and that offense in general with them now having Julio Jones. So it definitely was very impressive. It sets the tone for their season. And I mean, if you ask the players there though at Arizona, they're telling everybody that this is the type of performance that they expected from, from Kyler Murray and just everybody in general for Chandler, uh, for Chandler Jones. So, um, this definitely helps Chandler Jones though, because I know he's been looking for a contract extension, and if, right now, if you're Arizona, you're looking at paying him whatever you know whatever he wants. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he what type of contract he gets, and if he does get what he wants. If not, it may be a you know a free agency situation, which I'm sure Arizona wants to avoid at all costs. So, uh, moving on though, second game of the day that I want to talk about real quick is this. Uh, Cleveland and Kansas City game this was real good is a real good game this is a rematch of last year in a uh, playoff round uh, last year and if I mean I can just sum it up in one word you just Patrick Mahomes uh well technically two his name's two words but uh Patrick Mahomes but he just dominated like he always does had 337 yards passing three touchdowns uh, took care of the ball well and just I mean anytime he touches the ball he's just magic and uh he's done a real good job there you know over the past couple of years this is just what we've come to expect from him and it was just no different in this game against Cleveland uh I think if you're Cleveland though I mean you're proud with how your team stuck in there but if like I said if you are a Cleveland fan you're kind of used to this is because this is you know been the usual they're like they're 1-21 since they've been back in Cleveland in season opener so uh, Just not something that you, you know, it's just something you come to expect. But hopefully Cleveland can turn it around. But they're really going to need more out of Baker Mayfield. I know he had 300-something yards passing in this game, but he had no touchdowns through an interception to close the game out. And he, he's just got to be better, I think, if they're going to take that next step. And, and he's definitely got the potential there. But we know Cleveland's got the rushing attack. We know they can play, you know, play uh, both sides of the ball, which they need to do better than they did today. Cause we've given up all those yards to Kansas city. And I mean, I guess you can say the same about Kansas city, giving up all those yards they did to, to Cleveland. So uh, both defenses need work. But like I said, if you're really going to take that next step with Cleveland, Baker Mayfield's got to be the guy. And he's, I mean, he's, like I said, he's got a rushing attack. When you got Nick Chubb back there in the backfield, they should have no problem being able to move the ball up and down the field. And, uh, you shouldn't. I mean, you shouldn't be having zero touchdowns to go along with it. They were in the red zone plenty of times. He should be able, you know, maybe that's play calling. But I mean, like I said, you got three hundred something yards passing. You should definitely be able to put one in the end zone and help your team out. So, be interesting to see how they progress. We know Kansas City is going to have a good year. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody's questioning that. But and I don't think really anybody's questioning if Cleveland's going to have a really good year. But they keep saying they have Super Bowl aspirations and they want to make a deep playoff run. And if they're going to do that, they're going to have to. It's going to be on the the heels of their quarterback and on the shoulders of their quarterback so it's up to it's up to them and in in that so be interesting to see how that plays out the rest of the way um that's what i got for the nfl got another there's a monday night game coming on tomorrow so that'll be one to watch out for if you're interested in looking at more nfl games like i said we'll keep you up to date more on nfl as the season progresses um and obviously that's gonna there's gonna be plenty of games coming up in that so uh just moving on moving on to college football just want to recap some of the games that happened this weekend, and there was you know plenty of good ones, a lot of surprises, a lot. Well, what I would say, a lot of upsets, because that's exactly what happened. Because I mean, you look go down the line, you had Oregon beating Ohio State, that was an upset with number twelve versus number three. You had number ten Iowa upsetting number nine Iowa State, and then you had Arkansas, which was the big surprise. I felt like this weekend go and uh, shut down Texas there in uh, there in Fayetteville. So that was a just an extremely packed weekend of college football got to see I think I think this week definitely helped in terms of separating teams of you know separating the pack in terms of who's going to be contenders and who's not and actually being able to see a little bit more depth for teams and just if they're going to be able to have that for later on during the season and <clears throat> going to this Oregon and Ohio State game I think that's the question for Ohio State at this point and it's the question I had even before this game but I mean I know I picked Ohio State to win this game in my predictions of the week and i partially did that because I just didn't feel comfortable after Oregon's first game against Fresno State where they only won by a single touchdown and on top of it they lost Kayvon Thibodeau to injury but with them i really for with Ohio State I mean like I said their offense was great and I had concerns about their defense and those came that came to fruition this week they just were not able to slow Oregon down one bit on offense they had CJ Verdell run all over him for 160 something yards, and I mean, was just able to get whatever he wanted against that that Ohio defensive front. And like I said, I picked the Ohio State. I figured their defense would be able to turn it up a notch. I figured there was something else there because I mean, everybody knows Ohio State recruits just as well as anybody else does in the country. So with that, you if you got you know players that are high level recruits, you expect them to play high level, and that doesn't always translate. We all know this. We've seen uh, lower. Lower star recruits play great, and we've seen higher star recruits play bad, and you know that's just how it works. But you know, it's just something you become accustomed to at Ohio State. It's just to have a de- decent defense, but just to see them get tore up the way they did against Ohio State. I mean, against Oregon, it was just disappointing to see because it. Even though this game was only a one touchdown game at the end, it felt like Oregon dominated from start to finish. And I mean, and they really did until the end where Oregon let it get a little close when it didn't, when it didn't have to be. But like I said, on the flip side for Oregon, I still have concerns about their defense as well. And obviously it gets better when you get Kayvon, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau back and gets, you know, gets healthy, gets that angle, you know, ready to go for the rest of the season. But at the same time though, I mean, it is Ohio State, but you're looking at a young quarterback who is able to throw for over 400 yards on you. So that's something that I question with Oregon. We all know Pac 12 teams are not super known for their defense. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can really develop a championship caliber defense because if you look at them to compare to teams like Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and just these teams that are known for defense that are, you know, that are in the college football playoff year, you know, in the discussion year after year, you, really get you know you they've always got really good defenses and Oregon's got the offense we saw that with their production with CJ Verdell and their quarterback just being you know being real stable and they're taking care of the ball just managing the offense you know doing great with that but if they're really going to be serious about continuing this year this defense has got to take it to the next level and like I said I know it's Ohio State but you got to be able to go in there and, and not let a young quarterback be able to throw 400 yards on you and like I said, that's—I feel like they will get a little bit better, but I just—I'm just not sure even down the road if they're going to be able to compete with the likes of Georgia, Alabama, um, even Oklahoma. I don't—if Oklahoma matches up with Oregon, say in a playoff matchup later on during the year, I, I just don't see how. Oklahoma isn't just able to throw the ball and get whatever they want. So, I mean, that's still my concern with them. But for right now, that was a great win for for Oregon. It really helps take their program to the next level like they wanted to to put themselves in the national spotlight because – I mean, it's been obvious, they've struggled over the last couple years, but it's nice to see uh, what their coach has been able to do and putting them in a situation to get them back in the national spotlight like all these Oregon Duck fans have wanted for so long, because ever since they went to the playoff a couple years back with Marcus Mariota, they've been kind of just up and down, everyone's had them, you know, top 10, top 15, oh, this is the year Oregon's finally going to do better, and then they end up dropping two or three games during the regular season that they shouldn't, and they... Basically, when Oregon gets knocked out of pack, you know, it, Oregon has two or three losses that basically knocks the Pac-12 out of college football playoff. You know, out of the potential to have a spot in that for the Pac-12. So that's what you've been seeing over the last couple of years. So this definitely gives them an opportunity to you know put themselves in that spotlight. And if they can continue to win games, you know they'll be in they'll be in a good position. But they're going to have to play some you know tough opponents and make sure they don't slip up in some of these games later on during the year. But for now, it's a great win for them and. Uh just want to go back to Ohio State real quick. this really you know it just really puts them in a bad spot, and i'll discuss more of where they're at in the in the rankings, but I mean, you look on the other side of stuff, and you got Iowa who's really turning it up and making some noise when they just beat number nine Iowa state and Iowa may be may be the best team in the big ten and right now, I think they are with that defense and I know they don't have the offense like Ohio State does, but I don't know just something different about this year over the last couple of years you've seen offenses dominate college football. But right now, you're, uh, this year just seems different. You're seeing defenses like, like I said, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, um, just just teams like that that you, you see that they're just bringing a serious next-level defense that we haven't seen over the past couple of years to the table. And some of their offenses are starting to come together. Like you saw Georgia with 56 points. You saw Alabama with another 48. Their offenses are there. So uh, it's just I think this year is very defensive defensive-minded, and I think, like I said, with Ohio State, their defense just doesn't look up to par, but I think it gives Iowa a perfect opportunity to run in to steal the Big Ten this year and potentially set themselves up for a uh, college football playoff spot. So the Big Ten's got a shot of getting, you know – Getting a team in there still, and it's, I mean it could come from either Ohio State or Iowa, but right now I feel like Iowa definitely gives them the best opportunity. And we're, I mean we're going to see that play out later on during the year, or so because we got a we got a lot of season left. So moving on to the next game, just talking about Iowa just a second ago, but I just got to say that was one of the most impressive wins I've seen in a while in terms of just defense. I mean, other than the Georgia Clemson game, I haven't seen too many defenses just lock up like that and just be able to impose their will. And I think what makes it even more impressive is everyone has expected so much from Iowa State's quarterback and Brock Purdy. I mean, he was supposed to be a Heisman candidate earlier on during the year and he's just he's just really struggling. And I I thought it was real bad. I thought it was a terrible look too on top of it. He was struggling so bad that they ended up pulling him and they ended up playing their second string for their for the latter part of the game. And I don't know. I really don't know what's going on there because you look at it, at the be, you know, beginning of the season and they have all the pieces there, and they just really, really struggle. And I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's players. You know, just they got all that media attention to start the season. I don't know if that really got to their head or, or you know, or what. But they're just really struggling and haven't been able to really get it going. They struggled week one, and then this one, they like they only scored seventeen this week. They scored sixteen last week, and a lot of that's just got a fault of Brock Purdy. I mean, he threw three interceptions in this game and. I mean, why well, he didn't throw. I don't think he threw an interception in week one, but he, I mean, just wasn't overly impressive like you expect someone who's a potential Heisman candidate to be. So uh, you expect more out of him, but right now you're just not getting it. So a lot of people are possibly, you know, talking about a, a possible quarterback situation there at Iowa State. I don't think it's, that's going to happen. I mean, he's. He's a veteran quarterback. He doesn't have much time before he goes pro, so I don't think you'll see a switch there. I think they're just going to continue to let Brock Purdy ride it out and have their uh, second string get ready to be the starter next year. So I think that's what you can see for for Iowa State. And they, I mean, they got an opportunity to. I guess you say get it rolling later. This doesn't mean their season's over with. They got other teams like Oklahoma and, you know, teams teams that they got to play later on down the line, but you know, to make a statement and get themselves back into it. But I mean, if you can't muster more than 17 points, you know, then the in the past 2 weeks with that offense that you're supposed to have, it, it just doesn't look good for your chances against teams like Oklahoma who just put up seventy six this past weekend. So and like I said, I know that's two different, you know, caliber teams and two different caliber defenses, but you gotta start putting up points and you start you gotta start looking like you're a a offense that even knows what they're doing because I mean they just haven't. I mean it was just it was just bad on all fronts this past Saturday against Iowa. So going back to Iowa real quick though, they just like I said they look fantastic. Their defense continues to dominate, especially in that secondary, forcing those three picks. I think for Iowa the only question mark is going to be, and I, I, this is a slight question mark because they've looked really they looked really really good the past two weeks. And honestly right now I think they probably have the best resume out of anyone maybe in the country with beating Indiana, who was a ranked team, last week, and then turning around and beating Iowa State this week, so... I definitely think they got the best best resume right now, and that really looks good, and it's going to help later on when the um, college football polls, you know, college football playoff polls start coming out, and that's going to help them down the line. But I think the only swi- slight question with them is definitely going to still be their offense, and I know a lot of people question that after this game. They only had, I think, it was a total of 178 yards, a total offense in this game. And while that seems little, I think a lot of people got to take into an account that they did force those three turnovers and gave them really good field position. So it's not like they're having to drive the ball down the field to be able to score. They were kind of just right there and able to punch it in and take advantage of those opportunities. So I don't think you can really blame Iowa for that. They did what they were supposed to do. And I think you saw that in the Indiana game. It was a little bit... They were able to get it going. So I think against teams, especially on that Big Ten schedule, you should be you should have no problem being able to score. And I think their defense is going to be able to play lights out like they have done the first two weeks of the season. So I think they're in a really good position. The only question for them is Ohio State, like I said later on in the year, how good Ohio State can get that – if they can get that defense better. Um, and being able to score against that Ohio State defense, if they can finally you know put it together, so that's going to be a question later on during the year, and I look forward to seeing how that plays out because it's it's just real interesting to finally see the Big Ten still have that opportunity to still make the playoffs and still look good, but it not coming from Ohio State, but coming from a team like Iowa. But I love it personally because, like I said, they're a defensive minded football team. They look. They've looked good all year, and I mean, I like defensive-minded football teams—teams teams that you know aren't just looking to score the ball, but are going to be gritty and be able to do the dirty stuff that needs to be done, and be able to get in there and go in, and and just snatch a game when you need to. And that's exactly what Iowa's defense has done. So, really love that. Um, other games uh, the only other game I want to talk about in college football was this Arkansas and Texas game. And while that Iowa game was definitely impressive, and I think it was one of the most impre- impressive victories of the week, and probably of the year so far, I think this Arkansas and Texas game was just absolutely massive in terms for Arkansas. They've been trying since Sam Pittman's got there. Uh, to, to get that signature win, and they were finally able to do that in this game and When I say signature win, I mean they just flat out dominated forty to twenty one and I had Texas in this game too, so my picks were absolutely terrible this week, so just ignore my whole predictions for for week two um, I'll hopefully do better in week three but um for for week two, like I said, I had Texas, and they just they just didn 't play up to par i they, they couldn 't get the offense going, but I think that 's got to be and given, that's, I think that credit's got to be given to Arkansas, though, because Sam Pittman has done an incredible job getting his defense ready to play. And I mean, you shut down uh, Steve Sarkisian's offense to 21 points. You're doing something right. They were able to slow down Bijan Robinson. He was able to. He was met with that defensive front, and Hudson Carr just didn't play play up to par. And when uh, when that happens, you I mean you're doesn't really have a recipe for success. And I think you saw that this week. So with with Arkansas, this is the win that they need. I think it it got them – well, I know it got them into the top 25 this week in the AP poll. So it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to build and if their offense can continue this explosiveness that we've seen. They end up having 330-something yards rushing in this game against Texas. So if that rushing game can continue and their their defense can continue to ball out like they have in just the past two weeks – they got, I mean, they got an opportunity to make some noise out in the West and cause some upsets. Now, do, do I think that puts them in, you know, potential for uh, contending in the West? No, I mean, not at all. They're not going to beat Alabama. They're probably not going to beat teams like, um, like I said, they may not beat A&M. I don't know. A&M's looked pretty bad here the past two weeks, though. But... Arkansas, they're they're not beating Alabama, but like I said, they got an opportunity. If they continue to improve, they can compete against the likes of Auburn. They can mess Texas A and M up. They could go in and beat LSU. So, I mean, there's a potential if they continue to improve. They could look like the the you know the second best team in the West. So. I mean that's what you're shooting for right now, I think if you're Sam Pittman, and he's got he's if they can continue to improve and the offense stays explosive and the defense stays right where it's at. I think they got a good shot to do that, but I think it's what's interesting with this if they if Arkansas they're two and zero right now, if they can continue to ride it out for the next two weeks, they gotta match up with Georgia and Athens so I mean you're looking at if arkansas continues to win you're looking at a top 15 matchup potentially in athens and giving arkansas another opportunity to possibly you know upset a a big name team now do i think that's gonna happen where where it stands right now Uh, probably not georgia's defense i think is just at another level this year compared to anybody else's um so for arkansas i don't really see their offense really getting going in terms of that georgia's Georgia's rushing defense has been absolutely fantastic the past two, you know, past two or three years, and that was evident in their win against Clemson, where they they held Clemson to just two yards rushing on twenty-three attempts. So, I think that's what you can expect to see if if that matchup rolls around. And I'll talk more about that when we get to there, because that's like I said, about two weeks down the road. So, but I'm definitely looking looking at that and interested to see how that plays out. Um, In terms of rankings this week, the rankings for AP switched up this week. Obviously, with a lot of movement, you had all those upsets. Those are three major upsets just right there. So, um, With this, you saw Oklahoma move up to three. You saw Oregon move up to four. Iowa to five. Clemson, they stayed at six. Texas A&M dropped from 5 to 7. Cincinnati dropped a spot. I thought that was kind of unfair to them. Um, Ohio State dropped to 9. And that's where you kind of sit right now with all those teams. Like I said, Arkansas moved to number 20. And somehow Miami stayed in the top 25. I do not understand that one at all. Another team I didn't really talk about their game It was real impressive to see BYU and their defense step up and be able to get that win against Utah last night. I didn't really talk about that game, and I'm not going to, but that was a really good win for their program. Um, I still have some questions about their offense in terms of how they're going to play the rest of the year, but um, I thought they did a real good job last night, and I'm interested to see what they continue to do. But In rankings for this week, I could... My biggest questions were: This is how does Oregon move all the way from number twelve to number four after beating Ohio State on the road? But Iowa beat number nine, Iowa State on the road. They only move up to five. I thought that was kind of unfair to Iowa. I feel like Iowa's got the better resume. I thought they got you know they've played some tougher teams. Well, they have played tougher teams in Indiana, you know, and Oregon playing Fresno State. So I thought that was unfair to unfair to Iowa and Texas A and M. They dropped to seven. I thought that was great because. Texas A&M has looked absolutely terrible the past 2 weeks. They struggled last week and then this week they barely won a game 10 to 7 against Colorado. So I don't know what's going on with Jimbo's Fisher's team there. I don't know if they're just struggling getting, you know, chemistry together or what their deal is, but they got to figure it out because they got some big matchups coming up here in the next, you know, in the next couple weeks. So playing in that west you're going to be playing someone good every single week. So uh, they got to figure it out and they got to figure it out quick. Ohio State dropping to 9. I thought that was that was pretty fair like I said it doesn't really move them out of the you know have an opportunity later on during the year but that's that's probably about where they should be um, this is what I'm looking forward to see looking forward to seeing next week is you got Florida moved up to number 11 it is, is playing number one Alabama next week in the swamp so I uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that game. Looking to see how Bryce Young plays against that defense, and looking to see how Florida deals with their rising quarterback uh, battle that they're having with uh, Emory Jones and the Anderson down there. So I'm interested to see if that how that turns out. If they decide to go with the guy who's more explosive, uh, and I'll get more into that as we move into the college football preview show later in the week, and I'll have my college football preview article out. So be looking forward to that. The preview article will drop Friday, and um, the preview podcast will come out Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. So be looking for both of those if you want more information on those subjects uh, on college football. But I'm going to go ahead and transition over to, to politics real quick. I know we've been talking about what's been going on with with this vaccine mandate that joe biden's been pushing out and what they plan to do with it and how they plan to use the department of labor to go ahead and mandate the vaccine to all companies that have 100 or more employees so uh looking at this i've i gave you a little bit of description on what you, what i kind of expect to see happen but i'm going to kind of give you an idea of what to do in terms of fighting back against this what you can do as a person, I kind of like I said, I explain what hap- what's going to happen in terms of how the states are going to fight back and what the potential of what can happen with that whole situation. But I want to give you what you, what you can do as a person in terms of this. So a lot of people are scared because obviously if they're if this goes through if this stands, they are going to have to get the vaccine or face potential firing. Well, they would face firing. Now they can submit to weekly testing, but that's for now. Obviously, I don't think. That's. I mean, we saw that happen with the federal government. The federal government said, "Okay, you can submit to weekly testing, or or you can get vaccinated, and we'll allow you to continue to work." Well, he just changed that from weekly testing to you know where you can weekly test, but to now all you have to all you can do is you have to get vaccinated, or you'll be fired. So, I mean, if you're sitting here thinking that they won't go to that, eventually you're crazy because every time they say this is what they want they continue to move the goalpost on what needs to happen so you can definitely expect them to eventually move this department of labor mandate that they're using on all these companies you can expect it to to transition into okay you have to be vaccinated you have to get your booster shot if you don't do this you still can be fired so and apparently with the way it is they're trying to set it up where if this goes through and this happens you can't get you can't get unemployment so they're basically trying to force you into having to get it and if you don't you're out of a job and you can't feed your family and you're you're basically screwed that's their whole plan that's their whole point they're just going to try to force you into it this is this is their way of doing it without actively coming out and saying we're going with a whole you know full force vaccine mandate you got to get it or you can't be part of a society and this is what they've done with every little thing you know that they tried to do in terms of this they say they're trying not to discriminate they're not actively going against the constitution but they continue to find these little small ways where they can you know get the government into your life and into your personal decisions and basically just get what they want and control you and they'll, that's what they're going to continue to do so we got to continue to find ways where we can continue to push back against this type of stuff and just keep the government where at bay because it, i mean at least until we can get to the 2022 elections but because i mean he's i mean biden he's just going off the rails right now and i think a lot of it in part has to do with his failure in Afghanistan and just a backlash he's getting from his failures as you know, in the first eight months of his presidency. So I think that's where a lot of this is coming from, but, um, and it also obviously can, is coming from the people who are I feel like behind him because I don't think he's making all the decisions but I feel like that whole group right there is just kind of butthurt about how bad everything has gone and the backlash they're getting from it so uh, the only way you're gonna I mean you're gonna stop it you're really gonna be able to put a hold on it's gonna be you know the 2022 elections but I'm gonna kind of give you some other stuff that you can do right now to try and push back against this government overreach and uh, what's going on so kind of been looking into this and what's going to happen so the way this go- Goes, it's going through the ohsa o- which is a division of the department of labor it's basically what they do is they try to uh they set up basically how the laws are for how companies have to protect their workers and what their you know laws in terms of that are there is no there's been no point in it that says that you know anything about medical procedures anything about medical um you know vaccination anything like that in terms of what it is so this is something totally new that they're trying to force you know force their way into and Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out in court in terms of overall, because we already know this is going to court, but they're going to try to wedge this through in here. They're going to try to make sure everybody gets vaccinated. So what you can do is, as of right now, you can obviously, if you're just don't want to cause any problems, you can just go ahead and submit to the weekly testing if your company decides to go ahead and do that. But like I said, there's got to be some pushback in terms of this to let them know that we're not okay with this. So uh. What you can do, I've already done this and will continue to do this, you need to write your state, your governors, your senators, your house representatives, all of that. They need to know how you're feeling. They need to know that you're not okay with this, that you're not going to be okay with this. And this is something that I'll expand on more in another podcast as we continue to go. But even if this somehow does go to the Supreme Court and it does stand, they you know and they allow this to go through and eventually like i said they if this goes through and it stands they'll just continue to eat away and eat away till they get what they want uh, fully so there's got to be some pushback but if this does stand i think these people need to know like your governors and your senators and your house representatives all your state officials they need to know that even if this stands you're still not okay with this and this needs to be a problem that there needs to be some pushback in some way and if that means states need to I mean, push completely against the Supreme Court and buck the whole system because where the Supreme Court's not even following the Constitution and the rule of law not here in our country, then, I mean, like I said in the last podcast, it may be time for us to, you know, to see that national divorce. So they need to know it's not OK no matter what happens, because this is all about your freedom. And. Uh, Like I said, if this was really about a virus and this was really about making sure this, I mean, if this is really about a public health issue, like they try to make it, you know, make it as for this OHSA to be, you know, a part of it and to be a, you know, workers, um, workers problem in terms of this then you wouldn't be having the u.s the u.s postal service being left out of the executive order you wouldn't have congress being left out of the executive order you wouldn't still have all these places that like you know that you wouldn't if it was so bad you wouldn't be having football teams having full stadiums at you know nfl and college football games it's not as bad as they as obviously they make it out to be it's has everything to do with control and you, I know you're probably wondering, so why haven't they mandated it for the, for the Postal Service or why haven't they mandated it for Congress? Well, because one, they don't want to deal with it in Congress because they know the senators there will fight back. I mean, the, the senators and the congressional people there in Capitol Hill, they will fight back over this. They've done it already against mass mandates. So the last thing they want to do is draw more attention to it with vaccine mandates. So they're obviously not going to do it there. But then on top of it, you look at, um, you look at in terms of what they're doing with, with the uh, workers and what they're doing with that over at the, the Postal Service, the whole point of doing that is because they already have been dealing with labor shortages, and if you you know have a labor shortage with the UPS, you have people that aren't getting their mail, stuff doesn't work right, and that's what they're worried about with that, and... So going back to what I'm saying, what you can do, like I said, you can write your you can write your state officials to let them know that this stuff is not okay, that you're not going to let it fly. But on top of it, there's uh, two other things that I would consider doing before you actually just say, you know, and give in. And I wouldn't say give in at all, even if it costs you your job. I mean, there's got to be a point where you draw a line in the sand and you say, I'm just not giving in. And I know, I know, I know, I know that's easier said than done. Because you're worried about providing for your family, you're worried about, for, you know, providing for yourself. That is a hard thing to do. But if freedom is worth fighting for, it, this is the stand you have to take. And I'm, I mean, I'm not in the, posi- I'm not in the situation where I have to make that decision. And I hope I'm, you know, I never am. But I would do it because that's just what we have to do. And I hope you are, you know, you listening are never in this position where you have to make this decision. But People have got to make a, you know, got to take a stand if we were going to save our country and be the land of the free and not the land of the government. And so, these two points, I think these are the ones that obviously are going to cause a lot of, you know, you're going to get backlash, and it's just something that I've been reading into about stuff that people can do. Because I mean, I want to be able to help people out in terms of this. I mean, I know I can't make the decision or actively go after people, but I want to, you know, see if I can give you an, uh, help you have an option in mind what to do if stuff like this happens. So, um, one is make sure that. You know you have a medical. You have a a. You can either get a medical or religious exemption in terms of this. So for me, I don't have a medical exemption if I was in this case, but uh, I know I necessarily my my religion doesn't have an exemption in terms of this. But I think when you're talking about them encroaching in your life, you have to use every available opportunity that you have. So this is one right here. If you are in a position where they're going to force you to get this, you can claim a religious exemption and. Obviously, that is going to tick a lot of these people off at these corporations. It's going to tick the government off because I think what you're about to see is you're about to see a major rise in medical exemptions in terms of the vaccine. And they're not going to like that because they're going to see that that's the next play to, to fight against this. And the thing is, there's nothing they can do about it when it comes to this because the OHSA already has to follow rules in terms of what it says about medical exemptions and, you know, you know, religious, I mean, not medical, well, yeah, medical exemptions, but also religious freedom. So you're, you're looking at that. So that's one option. But what you got to do when it comes to this, if they still say, this is the second part of it, if they still say, oh, well, we're not taking that into account. One, you can obviously try and use, you know, take that and sue in court, because that's obviously a violation of your constitutional rights in terms of freedom of religion. And then, like I said, this is the second part. If that does come down to this, do not quit yourself don't walk out don't make it easy on them make make sure they know that you're not you're not backing down from this it's their problem and they got to figure it out so if they want to take it a step further and they still do fire you they they obviously know that a lawsuit possible lawsuit can be coming so it's those are the two options you have and the thing is if this does happen and said they do still fire you and you you just don't back down from this this is what's going to happen we already talked about how they're doing with the U, the the postal service because they're worried about labor shortages in terms of that but what if what if the whole entire US labor you know labor market ended up having shortages because people are just not going to take the vaccine and they're just willing to sit it out on the sidelines and I, like I said, I know that would suck in terms of for a little while. You're going to struggle with finances. You're going to struggle with not having a job. You're going to have those problems. You know, it, it's it's going to suck for, you know, for you during that time period. But if the whole entire labor market decides we're not going to go with this, and I, I I saw a poll that just said, I just got, got done looking with it right before I started the podcast, that said that 70%, and it's a smaller survey, but 70% of the whole entire survey said they would quit their jobs before they would get the vaccine with this new vaccine mandate and if 70% of all people in the labor market that of the people that are not already vaccinated and can't show proof of vaccination decided to quit from the labor market over this the whole entire U.S. economy would come to a straight stop and there would be no way for them to get it back up and running again based off their own rules because it's not like they can just throw people back in there you know without having to go back on what they've already put out there with this mandate so People don't understand right now, and it's time we do understand it. It's time we start using it. You have the power. The people have the power still. The government thinks they have it right now, and it looks like they do in some scenarios, but you still have the power. You still have the opportunity to make your own decisions. It may suck because of the consequences that come for it right off the bat, but in the end, the result is going to be exactly what you want if you use the power that you have. So that's just a couple of things you got right now in terms of you and what you can do to fight back against this unconstitutional mandate but i really do hope it holds up you know i mean not holds up i hope it gets you know shut down in court when it gets up to the it's going to go to the supreme court at some point but i really hope it gets shut down once it gets to that point once it gets to that point but i mean and i think it will but with this supreme court even though they're 6-3 majority and we i talked about really 5-4 majority with the way john roberts votes I just don't know how confident I am in this because I mean, there was a vaccine lawsuit, a vaccine case that come up. They tried to get an emergency injunction against Indiana university and Amy Coney Barrett wouldn't even listen to the case. So they were allowed to enforce their, enforce their vaccine mandate there at Indiana university. But I mean, that could be a little different because schools have always been able to require certain vaccinations, even though, uh, you know, they do have religious exemptions and it should be used there too. If you can, if that's, you know, really how you feel, but that may be the only reason she allowed not to take that case, but it also could just be an overlying factor. She may just agree that you should, you know, be forced to get vaccinated. So that's why I said I don't know how much confidence I have in him in terms of that. But I really do think they'll shut it down before it does get implemented. So you're still looking at it a little ways with this, you know, a little, little ways off with this because once these lawsuits starts coming, there's probably going to be a halt put on it in terms of if, if it actually being applied. So. Uh, there's still a little ways off before all this, ha- you know, it probably happens. But at least you know what you can do, and I encourage you just to do it. Con- continue to fight back with everything you got because it- the harder they come, the harder we got to come right back at them, and that's the only way we're going to succeed, and we're- that's the only way we're going to stay free as a country. So, and to all the people that are probably listening to this, say you're just anti-vax. I'm I'm not anti-vax. I'm anti-government force you know government mandates that's exactly what I'm anti is anti government and anti government mandates and like I said if if you want to get the vax get the vax that's up that's up to you that's that's not up you know that's not up to me it shouldn't be up to the government it shouldn't be up to anyone else but right here I got a problem with the government mandates and it's time we do something about it as we the people so with that said, I want to thank you for joining us for this episode today on Episode 4. Please share it. Please continue to follow us on all of the social media pages. Continue to check our website out at therevolutionsports.com. And we look forward to seeing you in the next episode. So have a good day.